Welcome to episode 56 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, tis the season for Christmas parodies. Then, on today's top five list, we'll share some fun ways to present your gifts. Next, on the Summit Gear Review, a piece of gear that will leave you feeling fresh as a snowdrift. On the Backpack Hack of the Week, a $1 solution that will help you feel a whole lot smarter and lighter. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from one of the most quotable men in history. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. I don't know where ideas come from sometimes. Sometimes, you know, if you have one thing on your mind, and then it gets kind of bumped into by another thing that's equally strong. You know, like backpacking had been on my mind for months, and then Christmas came, and my mind was still, you know, on fire with backpacking, and Christmas and backpacking kind of collided in my mind, and the ideas just started flowing for this poem based on Twas the Night Before Christmas. And so you sat down in your bed. Yes, and- my bed slash office. I, <laughs> that's where I do most of my creative work. I sit there on my bed and uh, have a little notebook and pencil, or sometimes I use a laptop. I started just kind of thinking twas the night before Christmas and all through the camp and the ideas just started flowing. And when you get one of those creative grooves, you don't want to leave the groove. And so I stayed there. I sat on my bed, kept working. The family was all kind of buzzing around the house. And I just sat there and kept sketching things out till about midnight. And then it was done. And we woke up the next morning with a brand new poem, St. Nick on the Trail. And it was right before Christmas. So we shared it online on Facebook and Twitter and a couple other places. And of course, back then, we had just launched the podcast. It had only been up for a week. And so we had a total of like 100 listeners. And we never actually read this poem on a podcast episode. So we felt like with Christmas coming again this year, it was a perfect opportunity to pull this out and just be able to share it with a lot more people. St. Nick on the Trail Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the camp, each hiker had turned off their ultralight lamp. Their bellies were filled up with backpack cuisine, from instant potatoes to freeze-dried ice cream. The hikers were nestled, each one in their bivy, except for a guy who snuck out for the privy. The wool socks were hung on each tree branch with care, with hopes that they'd dry and be ready to wear. And Ma in her wool buff and I in my cap had just checked and folded up our waterproof map. When out by our campsite there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my down bag to see what was the matter. I reached for my bear spray and felt for my knife, then unzipped the tent 
and looked out in the night. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow made me glad that I'd packed clothes for thirty below, when what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh filled with backpacking gear, with a little old driver so lively and fit, I thought, this can't be the same pudgy St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they flew, but he called different names than the ones that I knew. Now trekker, now hiker, now alpine and gypsy, on venture, on nomad, on pilgrim and tipsy, to the top of the mount, to the top of the trees, now dash away, dash away, dash away, please. As I drew in my head and I reached for my lamp, the ground shook as St. Nicholas landed in camp. He was dressed in merino with a goose-down-filled puffy, and his beard wasn't long. It was three-day-old scruffy. He gave me a wink and took off from his back a huge red-and-white 85-liter pack. His eyes shone like flames neath an ultralight pot. His dimples were just like a well-tied square knot. His boots were scuffed up from the trails he'd explored, and his pants were held up with some green paracord. He was healthy and trim, a right jolly old guy. From his gait, I could tell he was limber and spry. He stoked our small fire and smiled, warming his hands. Then he leaned in and whispered his Christmas Eve plans. I'm starting my night with a ten-mile loop hike. And I thought to myself, this guy's easy to like. We swapped hiking stories, most of them true, except for the one about the goats he claimed flew. He filled all our wool socks with gifts that were keen. Then he filtered some water and filled my Nalgene. And pointing his finger to a spot on the map, he loaded his gear up and tightened the strap. He sprang to his feet, to his team gave a cry, and off they all hiked as I waved them goodbye. But I heard him exclaim, ere he trekked out of sight, Happy trails to all, and remember, pack light. If you'd like to download this poem, just uh, head to the show notes for today's episode. That's thefirst40miles.com slash 056, and you'll find a link right there on the show notes page to this poem. We even have a downloadable uh, printable that you can grab. Might be a good stocking stuffer. For this week's top five list, we have the top five creative ways to give backpacking gifts. Last week, we talked about wrapping a gift in an old topo map. It's just a fun way to present a gift to someone. Tradition tells us that we put our gifts wrapped up underneath the Christmas tree, but I say there's a better way. So if you're feeling adventurous, then you may have fun with some of these ideas that require just a little more effort. The number one creative way to give backpacking gifts is with GPS coordinates that lead to a trailhead or an in-town hike. Typically on Christmas Day, I don't know about 
everyone else, but we spend a lot of time indoors. I mean, there's just that whole tradition that kind of, you know, revolves around the tree and then there's just a lot of food. Plus it's kind of cold outside. So by the end of Christmas day, you kind of feel, I don't know, a little bit cooped up and dizzy and wobbly. And so if you start out the day by taking your family out to find one gift that's hidden that you have the GPS coordinates for. So almost like a geocache. And what better gift to give someone who's an outdoor person than to receive their gift outside. So just hide it ahead of time, map the GPS coordinates, and then give them the GPS coordinates on Christmas morning. I think this one's really cool because like you said, I get cabin fever a lot on Christmas Day because we just spend the whole day inside and and by late afternoon I am just I have this pent up energy. I feel like I've been kind of slogging through the day and I've got to get out. And so this would be great especially to start out the day with getting outside. I'd love it. And this doesn't even have to be for the final gift or the biggest gift. It could be something, you know, after you've opened up most of the gifts, you could say, "Hey, I have a special gift." Here are the GPS coordinates, and it could be, you know, a a box of those cutie oranges, something, you know, something that just gets everyone out of the house. You go on this little mini adventure, and then you find something. It's just a fun way to get out on Christmas Day. The number two creative way to give backpacking gifts is to wrap the gift with gear. So instead of using curling ribbon, you can use paracord or another type of cordage. There are lots of little things that you can tie on to the present using alien loops or night eyes gear. Night eyes has something called knot bone laces, and those are non-slip shoelaces, which would be a fun thing to tie up a present with because then you can use that gear afterwards. Another thing you can use is a stuff sack, and stuff sacks are infinitely usable. Those are so great to have. You always need a stuff sack for something when you're backpacking. And then of course you want to put a tag on the gift with the recipient's name and your name. And that might be a good place to put an inspirational quote, maybe one of our trail wisdom quotes that we have on the show. The number three creative way to give backpacking gifts, and I know my family would love this, would be to set up the hammock or the tent inside and stow the presents there. You know, usually we throw everything underneath the tree. It's this huge pile of presents. It's actually kind of a mess sometimes because some of the gifts fall into the tree water. So I love the idea of setting up a hammock inside or the tent. And if you do that, make sure you light a fire in the fireplace to give your Christmas scene that outdoor feel. I mean, it would just feel like you're right outside. You've got the tent, you've got the fire glowing. It just feels so cozy. And you still have a tree in the house, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's really, you've got this nice evergreen tree right next to your tent with a fire. Just like being outside. Except you have carpet. <laughs> yeah, and it's warm. <laughs> and it's still not outside. But it's, it's, it's nice. Well, the number four creative way to give backpacking gifts would be to ask Mother Nature for a little help. So you can wrap a gift in brown craft paper, then just grab a couple small fir boughs from outside or a pine cone cluster or some bright, beautiful, probably poisonous berries. So you want to be careful with that. The poisonous ones are always the most beautiful. Anyway, 
Find something beautiful from outside to attach to the outside of the package. So if you have a baby or a toddler, you might want to go careful on the brightly colored poisonous berries. Yeah, yeah. So definitely just pick a small fir bough or some pine cones or something. We have a humongous redwood tree right outside our house that has been supplying our Christmas decorating needs this year. Yeah, we have fir boughs everywhere in our house. <laughs> well, redwood boughs. Oh, for wait, what did I call them? Fir boughs, it's fine to use fir boughs. We just happen to use redwood boughs. Oh, is that not a fir? Nope, it's not. Ah, oh, so much to learn. It's a conifer. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's a cedar tree, redwood. It's a redwood. Redwood cedar? There's, uh, there's like three kinds of trees in that genus or whatever. There's the coast redwood the sequoia, and a Chinese redwood. I can't remember the name. It's something redwood. It's those three trees that are part of that family. So tell me one more time what we have. We have a redwood, a coast redwood. So we have a redwood like they have in the redwood forest. Yes. Same kind of tree. Yeah. I didn't know that. Just smaller. It's only a couple feet in diameter. (laughs) And it's only like 100 feet tall. Wow. I know. It is kind of funny because we pulled out of the driveway from being right under that redwood. And we drove hundreds of miles to go to the redwoods. When we could have just camped underneath that tree. Yeah, we could have camped on our driveway. Same experience. Yeah, maybe not quite the same experience. Well, the number five creative way to give backpacking gifts is to maybe borrow a French tradition. In France, the children leave out their shoes and they're filled with carrots and other goodies for Father Christmas's donkey. So I'm thinking we can borrow a tradition here where we leave out our hiking shoes and they get filled with things like granola bars, some new wool socks, maybe a watch or like some band-aids and first aid ointment. You know, just little things that will get you going on the trail. So I want to take and find my biggest hiking boots, right, and put those out rather than my zero shoes, which would only hold like a granola bar. So put out the big boots. That's right. Just clarifying that. So anyway, (laughs) great list of five creative ways to give backpacking gifts. I love the GPS hunt idea, especially because it actually gets you outside on Christmas Day when you you would otherwise just be spending the the whole day inside. And then wrapping the gifts with gear, like stuff sacks and paracord, things like that. Setting up the tent or the hammock right next to the tree. Using natural elements. Yeah, using elements from nature like uh, conifer boughs and berries, things like that to, to help wrap the gifts. And leaving out the hiking boots for St. Nick to fill. Now, based on our poem that we read, I'm kind of worried that he's going to take the hiking boots, take off with them, and go on a hike. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I guess we'll leave that up to our listeners to decide if they trust Santa enough to leave out their nice hiking boots. He sounds pretty trustworthy to me. Nice guy? Yeah, I think if he took your boots, he would bring them back. And with a story, too. Oh, definitely. So it'd be great. For today's Summit Gear Review... Gold Bond Medicated Body Powder. Now, we tried to pick the closest thing that we could find to snow for this episode. So the Gold Bond Medicated Body Powder is white. It's cooling. It drifts down and leaves a powdery white blanket. 
This may not be something that you consider to be backpacking gear, but it's something that I brought with me on my very first backpacking trip and it made a huge difference. So much that I bring it on every single trip that I go on because it's a multi-use item. The only thing that I don't use it for is flavoring my food, but I'm guessing if you were in a pinch, you could probably shake it on oh, your freeze-dried lasagna. But really, what it does is it prevents friction anywhere on your body. So a lot of people use it on their feet, but really, head to toe, you can use this body powder. And not only does it prevent friction, but it's refreshing. It has kind of a cooling feel to it, and it absorbs moisture. I was trying to think of the last time I got a blister on my feet. And I don't know, I haven't had to deal with foot blisters for a really long time now. But I think I did get them from time to time when I was a Boy Scout and going out backpacking. And, you know, back then, the boots, they weren't as light and flexible as what I wear today. And so I think that probably contributed to having more blisters on my feet. And, you know, I brought along moleskin. And, and that's nice that after you have a blister, you put some moleskin on and that helps to protect that really tender, sensitive spot. If you're really good, you'll notice that you're getting kind of a hot spot somewhere and you put the moleskin on before it turns into a blister. But there are ways to just completely prevent those blisters altogether. And Gold Bond Medicated Body Powder is one of those ways that you can just completely prevent blisters. If you already have baby powder at home, that is an equally functional solution. I like the medicated body powder because it has menthol in it. And so it makes your skin feel tingly and cold. And I love that. It just is so refreshing. You can get the Gold Bond medicated body powder in little one ounce plastic bottles. You can also get the much larger bottles and use those to refill the little bottle. But really the little bottle is perfect. It has a perforated top that twists shut, so um, there's no way to really lock it shut, but I've never had an issue with it exploding open or with the top becoming loose and spilling out. The two active ingredients are menthol and zinc oxide. Gold Bond also has an extra medicated body powder, and all they did was they upped the menthol. So if you really like that cold feeling, you can go ahead and get the extra medicated body powder. And the zinc oxide is a skin protectant. For utility, it's really great for powdering your feet. So what I do is I just do a few puffs or squirts into my socks. So I don't actually put it on my feet, really. I just shake it into my socks, and then I put my socks on and kind of wiggle my toes around, and that seems to do it for me. You can also powder your armpits, which feels great and tends to be one of the more moisture-prone areas of your body. And then recently on a backpacking trip, I decided to try using the Gold Bond medicated body powder as a dry shampoo. You know, you go a few days without washing your hair and you start to kind of feel that kind of grungy feeling at the base of your neck and kind of along your hairline. So I used this as a dry shampoo. I just shook it right into my hair and then just kind of massaged it in and kind of dusted it back out. You know, I didn't have a comb with me, so I just kind of tried to get out as much as I could. It made you look kind of like a grandma, but oh, thanks. It, it worked. You can also bring a little comb along with you and try and comb it out, but... I think after I put that in my hair, didn't I put on a bandana or something? And so... So it didn't matter. It didn't really matter in the end. It temporarily relieves itch and pain. It's really great with sunburns too, with insect bites, scrapes, uh, if you're prone to prickly heat or kind of 
minor burns or rashes or skin irritations. Like some people, when they hike, they get a lot of thigh friction. And so putting it um, on your legs is a great use for this. Uh, Looking at mass for the Gold Bond medicated powder, it's only an ounce if you buy it in those small one ounce bottles. And maintenance really, I mean, you just use up the bottle and throw it away. Or if you do want to go a little more economical, buy a large bottle and then you can just pop the top off of the small bottle and refill it. For investment, this little bottle is going to cost about a dollar or two at your local drugstore, and it's just in the travel section with the travel toothbrushes and the travel shampoos. If you buy the full-size bottle, it's going to be between 8 and $12. But because the ingredient list is so simple, it's really easy to find store brand versions of this exact same thing. So I would recommend buying the little bottle and then refilling it with the stuff that you get at the dollar store or the house brand and just refill the little bottle. Well, we've talked about trial use of this a little bit already, uh, but you really started using it last year on your first 40 miles where you were new to backpacking and you had gone out on a shakedown hike just days before the real trip and had developed a blister. And so this was a bit of a worry. You switched shoes, and that ended up making a difference. But I know that you you went into the trip feeling a little bit nervous about whether or not you were going to develop more blisters once you were putting like 10 miles a day on your feet. And so I think it was our friend Garth who said, just bring powder with you, and it'll do wonders. The men on the trip use baby powder. Oh, okay. They all just brought their little shaker bottle of the Johnson & Johnson baby powder. (laughs) They all smelled fresh. So they don't care if they smell like menthol or not. I really love the smell of fresh mint, and I love the feel of it. It's just that tingly, happy feeling. And like I said, it's, it's great stuff. We've talked about multiple ways of combating blisters on your feet. We've talked about having lightweight, flexible shoes. We've talked about socks, and especially how valuable two layers of socks can be to prevent that friction. The body powder is one more tool in that toolkit, but it's not only useful for your feet. Like you said, it's useful for other areas of your body as well. And then finally, as I briefly mentioned today, having some moleskin or some kind of tape, thats I think that's kind of the last piece in that toolkit to where if you've done everything you can to prevent the blisters and something still starts to form, then that's where you need to resort to covering it up and protecting it to uh, make sure it doesn't get too painful or raw. So yeah, the, the powder is, is just, I think of it as one tool in that toolkit to uh, keep your body in good shape while you're out backpacking. Today's backpack hack of the week is a one liter ultralight water bottle. There are so many water bottle options out there today. I've used Nalgene bottles for years and years. And recently you bought some Camelback bottles and it seems like we have two or three other types of bottles. We have this bin full of water bottles and you know varying price ranges right anything from a few dollars up to probably 10 or 20 dollars for a water bottle and they're also varying weights some of them are heavier than others and the funny thing is that we really don't need any of them we could get by with something both lighter and cheaper so my favorite ultra light water bottle that i've brought on the last couple trips is the smart water water bottle It's about the same diameter as maybe one of those small oxygen tanks. 
Kind of like a mini oxygen tank. What? No, you're right. I just, I think that smart water bottles are much more common than miniature oxygen tanks. So <laughs> we might say that a miniature oxygen tank is about the same size and shape as a smart water bottle. <laughs> okay, so a smart water bottle is about the same size as a smart water bottle that you've commonly seen in a grocery store. They're one liter, they're the perfect size, and I love them because first of all, they're ubiquitous. They're more common than Oxygen tanks, for crying out loud. <laughs> Second, they're clear, so you can see your water level, which I think is so important to be able to gauge how much water you've been drinking and you know, what your water looks like. And they're cheap. Another thing I love about it is that it's skinny and tall so that it fits in any water bottle pouch. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky to cram the Nalgene bottles into some of those water bottle holder pouches on packs. The smart water bottles are so much more narrow, so they fit perfectly. They're also recyclable, reusable, squeezable, and for those of you who use the Sawyer water filters, they work with Sawyer water filters. So all you have to do is screw the Sawyer water filter on top and it's the exact same threading. So it'll work perfectly. The only downside to using the Smart Water water bottle is that the SteriPen won't fit into it. So if you have a friend with an Nalgene, then you can always sterilize the water in their water bottle and then pour it into yours. Um, another workaround is to use a Gatorade bottle as your other water bottle so you can purify or treat the water in there and then pour it into the Smart Water bottle. Smart water bottles are meant to be disposable, so they're not going to last as long as something like a Nalgene. But they're not quite so fragile, not nearly as fragile, as those uh, cheap water bottles you get. You know the ones that pretty much collapse under their own weight? Like they are barely enough plastic to hold the water. Smart water bottles are really quite sturdy, and so they're going to last quite a while. How many trips do you get through with a smart water bottle? Um, I haven't gotten rid of the two that I use. So See, the one that I originally brought with me on my very first backpacking trip, that's the one that I'm still using. Yeah, over a year later. Yeah. Okay. So they do last quite a long time. Yeah, it's really meant to be a disposable water bottle. But just think of it as a semi-durable water bottle that comes pre-filled with water. There you go. Most Nalgene's and some other water bottles have a cap that is attached somehow. So if you unscrew the cap, it's not just going to be left behind or fall on the ground. The smart water doesn't have an attached cap. So if you lose the cap, you've lost the cap for the trip. So it might make sense to just keep an extra cap in your 10 essentials so that if you ever do lose the cap for your smart water, you'll have a way to protect your water. And we'll leave you with a little trail wisdom today from our good friend on the trail, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, if the stars should appear one night in a thousand years, how would men believe and adore and preserve for many generations the remembrance of the city of God which had been shown? But every night come out these envoys of beauty and light the universe with their admonishing smile. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.
thought you were going to, ta-da. Oh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just poised and ready. Yeah, before we jump into it, do you have any good blister stories? I was trying to think of, of something. That's just a weird question. Do you have any good blister stories? <laughs> I think I just need some context. Some, uh... You can be a nice stuffing stuffing stalker. <laughs> oh, no. That's a stuffing stalker. That's illegal. Uh, yeah, stalkers. Yeah, it's not, not good to be a stalker. H2O with a 4.0. It's I have no idea what that means. I'm not drinking it's H2O. that. I'm not drinking that Kool Aid. <laughs>